question on ethanol. Uh, ethanol uh, is considered to be the initiator of human relation theory. And if you try to take the note of his uh, philosophy, we will find that uh, he's primarily focusing on uh, a type of arrangement whereby the society in itself have a innate capacity that is not an imposed capacity carries an innate capacity to adapt and adjust itself to the emergent requirements. So in that particular context, he emphasizes on education, the significance of the education. He emphasizes on a democratic system that means a state the government or the administration that is to be democratic. And a democratic government not only emphasizes on having a democratic government, but also a government which is not too overbearing, overburdened, rather you know, carry out uh, activities in association with other institutions, like let's say the non-state institutions. And apart from this, he also emphasizes on having administrative elites as compared to managers who are only equipped with hard skill. You know, basically, uh, some of the typical academic or other engineering, medical, or technical skills. And he more would emphasizes on the capability of the, the managers within the organization to successfully work in group situation. That capacity which enables an individual to associate with others, successfully interact with others. So basically, uh, he, 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 he maintained that uh, the managers uh, should be possessing not only the hard skill, it is expected that they should also possess the soft skill. So these are some of the the things that we discussed yesterday. Today, based on this, uh, let us deal with the uh, his theory of administration, and as already I've referred, that he has developed his theory of administration uh, on the basis of uh, an elaborate uh, experiment. experiment, an experiment which uh, spanned uh, through number of years. That means it was not actually. Uh, an experiment for a day or two, or let's say, you know, for a few days, few weeks. It spanned through a number of years. It employed a large number of researchers, and at the same time, this is a this is an experiment that consumed a huge amount of resource. So, based on this empirical experiment, empirical means. A type of uh, study uh, in which the information is collected on the basis of senses. human senses. That means directly. You know, by seeing, you collect. By observing, you know, by feeling, you collect. By smelling, you collect. So, uh, 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 a, a kind 
approach, in fact, they adopted in which they tend to, uh, to collect information through direct sources. You know, that's what generally we refer to as empirical. So his theory is byproduct of an empirical study. Now let us try to take note of this. See, in order to understand his theory, first of all, we have to take note of the various experiments that Elton Mayo and his associates conducted. So first of all, let us take note of the various experiments that Elton Mayo and his associates have conducted. See, the first uh, experiment of somewhat significance as far as uh, Elton Mayo is concerned uh, is the Philadelphia Textile Mill Experiment. Philadelphia textile wheel experiment. So, as the name suggests, it, it must have been uh, conducted in which uh, country? The United, United States. Philadelphia textile wheel experiment, and this experiment has also been referred to as first inquiry. The same experiment has also been referred by another name that is the first inquiry. Now let me try to you know, explain the experiment. Now since so this is an industry, this was a textile mill which used to be a very well functioning, very efficiently managed, a very profit making organization. That is usually, traditionally, it has been a very profit making organization, very well functioning organization. But of late, it has started malfunctioning and there have been problem, you know, problems of loss of profit, you know, problems of uh, uh, the high turnover, you know, basically labor turnover. So when you refer to labor turnover, labor turnover means the number of employees joining the organization and leaving the organization. So it was almost in the tune of 250%. 250% of, you know, turnover rate means, or the labor turnover rate means, Let's say 10 positions are there. For managing 10 positions, how many laborers, workers you need? Let's say 10. But let's say 10 people who are joining, all the 10 are leaving. That means you require 20. So 100% turnover. So if 250% turnover, you can understand that say a large, almost 35 people you will be requiring for making that particular integral run in the year, during the year. And not only 35, so frequently people joining and leaving, that means training, again training. So that period of, the, 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 because initially you may not be very equipped to deal with the job, so the period of uh, inactivity or less activity. So all this combined was having negative impact on the organization. So basically inefficiency, loss of profit, high turnover, uh, labor turnover, and at the same time the problems of absenteeism. So not only people were joining and leaving the organization, they were also remaining staying absent. So in that particular context, 
uh, this, this particular textile mill has approached and have, in fact to, to, uh, has taken help of a large number of uh, interior managers. Because if you remember, uh, while discussing the, uh, the, the, the classical group of theories, the initial group of theories, uh, as I have referred earlier, that uh, see to begin with, uh, the managers in the organization they were not specialized in management. They were not specialists in administration. They were basically engineers, and the engineers not, not only they were the engineers by virtue of being engineers, they are also being the managers. So the initial day managers were the engineer managers. So then some famous engineer managers were there. So in order to handle this situation, these famous engineer managers were approached. They, in fact, they took over these responsibilities, tried to address this uh, problem, but they failed. So there have been number of uh, efforts by number of engineer managers, uh, to, but unfortunately, neither uh, of them were able to address the situation. Ultimately, uh, it was actually taken up by Elton Mayo and his associates. Now, Elton Mayo visited uh, the textile industry and uh, see, it is not the entire textile industry that was facing the problem. The spinning mill, the spinning mill in the textile uh, the, not the, 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 uh, industry uh, that is actually facing the problem, the, uh, but the spinning mill is the key. That is the unit where the textile is going to be spin, you know, produced. So the spinning unit, the spinning unit of the textile mill that was actually facing the problem of absenteeism, high turnover rate, labor turnover, and in fact, as far as the productivity is concerned, low productivity. So he observed it very closely. So Etanio and his team observed it very closely. And after, after observing it very closely, in, in fact, Elton Mayo suggested a solution that is to introduce the rest pauses. Rest pauses. That means 10 minutes rest pauses. He did not, uh, in fact, suggest for, let's say, reducing the work hours or increasing the work hours or say new tools and techniques or changing the way of production like it's a tailor will say go for one best way or use the best tools and techniques so he did not actually suggest for taking up any new tools and techniques new processes in performing the responsibility of the, 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 the job or for that matter he did not suggest for increasing the salary or introducing the, the bonus or increasing the bonus so none of this he suggested basically that is presumed to be the strategy for increasing productivity on the part of the classical theorist. Because all this has already been done by the already engaged engineer managers and that all these were of no use. So he came, observed and after close observation, he simply suggested for introducing rest pauses, rest breaks. And see, amazingly, not only the absenteeism started reducing, almost at least, you know, simply non-existent, people did not remain absent. 
लेबर टर्नओवर ऑलमोस्ट बैलेंस्ड प्रोडक्टिविटी रिमार्केबली इंक्रीज एंड इंस्टेड ऑफ लॉस इट इज प्रॉफिट मेकिंग So here we are saying that these uh, breaks were introduced, and this was something significant. There were radical changes, changes to the extent that uh, our you know, the entire problem has almost you know, something magically has vanished. The turnover is gone, labor turnover is gone, the absenteeism is gone, and the uh, in fact, uh, if you take into account. The from loss making it has become profit making. But see, what, what has been actually introduced? Only risk for this, risk rates, nothing else. Now, see, after some time, the managers withdrew the risk breaks. You now, whatever risk breaks were actually introduced, those risk breaks were discontinued. The moment it was discontinued, all the old problems revisited. So immediately, immediately all the problems were there. And we panicked, they introduced it, they reintroduced it. Though this time they reintroduced it based on certain condition, that is, provided you reach to this target, you get a break. After you reach to this target, you get a break. But see, it actually again reached back to the previous performance, that means high performance, less turnover, or almost the level turnover vanished, absenteeism vanished. Now let us try to take note of the Elkermuir's view. So what is the, you know, the, uh, the, the experiment here? They were facing a lot of problems, simply risk breaks were introduced, problems are gone, but again managers after some, after some time withdrew these uh, risk breaks. moment these risk breaks were withdrawn, what was the, uh, the, uh, the situation? Again the problems revisited. So being panicked with that situation, rest breaks were reintroduced. Again with the reintroduction of the rest breaks, problems gone. Things were working well, no left turnover or the absenteeism gone, profit is there. Entenmyon, while referring to this particular experiment, he concluded that as far as the the problem in the spinning unit is concerned, it was human, it was not technical, it was not economic. So the economic reason was not there, technical reason was not there, rather which reason was there for this type of problem in that particular unit? Human. And moreover human pain. It was a non-monetary reason. It was human reason. Now let us take note of his explanation because of which he is concluding that the reason for the poor performance, high labor turnover, high absenteeism was not technical, was not monetary or economic, rather it was non-monetary and human.
he referred that if you take into account the spinning unit, the spinning unit is very, very noisy. So loud sounds of the machine are there, so very noisy. To an extent that people cannot talk with each other. I cannot talk with my fellow co-workers. I cannot talk with my superior. So basically, a human being, as the elder Mio says, human being is a social animal. That means something revisiting for it. Here we can say that human being by nature is social. So being social, that's an inter eternal urge to interact, to associate. So I being a social being, what is very much internal to me, what is something very innate to me, I have an innate urge to associate with others, interact with others. So basically in the, okay, in the organization, in the spinning unit, the noise being very high, people on duty are not able to interact with each other. And see, not only this, the, the, the individuals were also fatigued for long hours of work. So when there's long work, hours of work, one, they were actually tired, feeling tired, fatigued. And at the same time, because of uh, huge noise, <coughs> they're not, not able to interact with each other. And say, back at home, because they're already very fatigued, and uh, the work is very monotonous, it adds to the fatigue, not only bodily fatigue, but also emotional fatigue and back at home after the job they are not able to enjoy the social evening. That means when they reach back home, something because already they are very tired, so you will know something like okay, Kana house job. So they are not able to enjoy the social evening. So in that particular context is referring that the human being is a social animal, requires the social interaction, social association, but these individuals working in this spinning wheel, they are not able to express that character, that very character is not actually being realized whether within the organization or outside the organization. So this was resulting into what? Resulting into absenteeism or turnover and uh, okay, you know, all this combined resulting into lack of commitment, lack of motivation, low productivity and loss. And in that particular context he says that with the introduction of the rest breaks or rest pauses, what is in fact uh, the impact? The impact is during that period, they are able to interact with each other, they are able to interact with the superior and at the same time they are also able to physically relax. So by the end of the day they are not very tired and also emotionally not very depressed. As a result of which, they are able to enjoy the social evening. So this is the reason why they were, they were simply, they were not very depressed, they were not very, what to say, you know, emotionally drained. As a result of which, they come back to the work, they report to the work, 
so absenteeism go, went down, they retained the job, so the labor turnover went down, and since they were not feeling depressed, they were able to concentrate, they were able to work, and the productivity increased, and there, is, there was profit. So if you take into account this particular experiment, this was the first significant experiment of not to pay attention but nevertheless this was not the final experiment at the same time this was not the conclusive agreement experiment this was the first significant experiment and in that experiment he developed an hypothesis what is hypothesis an assumption and conclusion and opinion that is yet to be proved so tentatively you think this is what is correct based on some preliminary knowledge based on some preliminary substantive studies you develop a reasoned assertion a reasoned statement and subsequently you go on to take up more studies in order to find out whatever at this moment you have actually reasoned out stands true or not so once it is proved true, that becomes what? A theory. Before it is proved true, that is, that is really a hypothesis. So in this particular context, he has developed an hypothesis. What is that hypothesis? That human in the organization, or the human aspect of the organization is critical to the functioning of the organization. This is something in contradiction to the classical theories of organization. So human aspect of the organization is something significant to the functioning of the organization and this assertion is very contradictory to the classical theories of organization because for the classical theories of organization as well as the human being is concerned what is the view they, they did not consider human being neither not only sorry not only they did not consider human element within the organization they also failed the human element should not be considered this is important so why then did they consider? Because they had a belief that human element should not be considered because they believe human element within the organization is irrational. So our social, psychological aspect is irrational. So moment anything irrational creeps into the organization or organizational analysis it is going to undermine what? Scientism. So they believe for scientism, what is it? What, what should be the base? Only rationality, only reason, only logic. So anything that is actually illogical, anything that is irrational, that is going to be con in contravention to scientism. So your science of management, your science of administration is going to be is affected if you if you if you if you consider anything irrational, illogical. It's something you know, common sense understanding. We simply say if you are going to develop something scientific, you need to rely on what? Reason, logic. So they, that's what they believe. 
they believe that the science of administration is based on reason, rationality. So anything that is actually rational, anything that is illogical, is going to dilute scientism. And at the same time, they believe that what is the foundation to efficiency of the organization? Scientism. So if you want efficiency, then scientism. If you want scientism, rationality. So moment there is irrationality, what is diluted? Scientism. And moment scientism is diluted, what is the byproduct? Not efficiency, rather inefficiency. So that is why they believed in a separation. Separation between what? The rational self and the irrational self. Like if Sir Weber says, if you remember, let me bring you back. Or take you back, sorry. Weber said, there is going to be something called alienation. Do you remember? And he was optimistic about that problem or pessimistic? Pessimistic. Huh? He was pessimistic. What was alienation? Weber said, let's see, if you take into account the organization, within the organization there are laws, rules and regulations. And these laws, rules and regulations define the job. So any individual positioned in that job is expected to follow those prescriptions. So an individual, individual in a particular position is expected to abide by the definition of the laws, rules and regulations as the law says, as the rule and regulation says, that is what the individual should do. So individual, a human being should act something like a robot. So laws, rules and regulations, something like the programs of a robot. Ajit, we, we program the robot, we give some command and the robot act or a machine act exactly as per the command. So for a human being within the organization, what is those command? The impersonal laws. So there are laws, rules and regulations that defines what is the job, what is the role, what is the power, what is the authority. It is all defined in the laws, rules and regulations. An individual in that organization should clearly demarcate its private self and only adopt its public self. So you being a district magistrate, you should only focus on what is being a district magistrate. What is the role of district magistrate? Nothing of you should be there. You might be angry, you might be actually jealous, you might be very happy going, you might be strict, you know, very immensely religious. You might be actually having some uh, personal beliefs and faith. You might have certain eccentricities as such. Simply, whoever would say, it doesn't matter. You have to create this two personal no, two identity. What you have been, set it aside. The law says what you have to. So you only adopt what is expected by the law. And you should create a wall of separation between what the law demands and what you are. Because what you are, if you are going to carry into the organization, then these are actually bad things. So these bad things into the organization will create what? Problem. So that will be inefficiency, that will be you know, what to say, loss and all these things. So if you take into account, so let's say the Weberian philosophy, classical philosophy, they say that not only human being is not considered human being, or sorry, human aspect of the human being is not considered, but human aspect of the human being should not be considered. I hope I'm clear on this.
because that is irrational. The moment that is irrational, it is going to dilute efficiency. From one point of view, it appears to be convincing. But see, I tell you, and these theories, they are not convinced. Like let's say in this particular experiment, he said, is it this artificial because what is actually diluting everything? This human being. And in the human aspect of this human being, because human character, one of the human character is, I would always like to have interaction. If I am kept separate, I am not able to interact with anyone. I am not able to express myself with anyone. I am not able to associate with anyone that gradually will make me what? More depressed, more alienated. And in that, I will not be able to perform more. I will not be able to concentrate. I will not be very happy. So that means my human character cannot be separated and human character is going to influence my job. So the engineer in this first experiment, the first inquiry emphasized that the reason for the problem in the spinning mill was human. Not it was neither technical nor monetary. The problem was non-monetary and the problem was human. But see, as I told, this particular experiment helped Yetemyam to develop a hypothesis. The hypothesis is the human aspect of the organization is critical for the functioning of the organization. And this particular hypothesis was subsequently corroborated through the actual experiment or the flagship experiment for which Elton Mayo is known, that is the Boltzmann experiment. See a Hawthorne experiment. This is basically a plant, a part of a major uh, industry that is uh, Western electrical industry. The Hawthorne plant of the Western electrical industry was similarly facing the problem of uh, absenteeism. Huge turnover, labor turnover, or loss. And this organization has been, conventionally has been, a very well functioning model organization. So, if you take into account the Hawthorne unit of the Western Electrical Plant, it is also facing similar type of problem. It was a very well functioning organization, a profit making organization. But of late it has started malfunctioning, there is losses and more particularly there is also absenteeism and uh, the problems of high labour turnover. <clears throat> Similarly, many reputed uh, engineer managers were recruited but uh, they were unable to address the problem. They could not actually address the problem. 
as a result of which the western electrical plant itself initiated certain studies so who initiated study not eltemio or his associates it is the the western electrical plant the officials of the western electrical plant uh, plant they to begin with they they, they, they they initiated the study and the first experiment as a part of the hawthorne experiment the year called the where the hawthorne experiment experiment set up hawthorne unit of the western electrical uh, plant so those are being referred to as hawthorne experiments so the the first experiment that was initiated uh, was by the western electrical plant itself and that is being referred to as the great illumination illuminate illuminate means lighting so it was uh, the name was the great illumination see in this experiment two teams were set up two teams were formed each team comprising of six female So how many uh, female were there in each group? Six. Six. Two groups were formed. Now see, these two experimental teams were set up uh, in order to understand the impact of the physical environment on human productivity. So basically. Under this study, what was aimed at? That what is the impact of the physical environment on the productivity, human productivity? And in this, there is a physical environment comprised of not many things. It comprises of humidity. It comprises of temperature. It comprises of cleanliness. it comprises of let's say tools techniques or let's say various uh, physical things it it comprises of also geographical reality the topographical reality all these things it comprises of lot many things it also comprises of the lighting the brightness or dimness of a particular uh, place so when you take up a study see we're not actually at a Uh, in fact, uh, study each and everything uh, as a part of the targeted, uh, let's say, area. Here, the targeted area is the physical aspect, the physical environment. So, physical environment uh, comprises of lot many different aspects. But in a study, generally we consider one or very few aspects, so that becomes manageable. So, in this particular context, what was considered for study? Lighting, lighting, illumination. 
So both the groups, they were in fact uh, put to a particular scenario, you know, particular uh, setup. In both the setup, a level of illumination was maintained for a period of time. So in both the experimental setup, a level of illumination was maintained for a period of time. So that the members of the experimental group get acclimatized with the illumination, the level of illumination. Now what is exactly this? Let's say to take into account, no, for, for something like let's say, I see at any time you might find your uh, friend's room bit edgy or another friend's room might be very bright. And the same may not be the view of the respective friends. So when you visit your friend's room, you might find okay, your room looks to be somewhat dingy. So your friend might say, hey, nothing wrong with this. The lighting is fine. Why? Because we get to we get acclimatized with a level of illumination. So our room having a level of illumination, we get acclimatized with what? That level of illumination, something lesser than that, it appears to us as inadequate. Something more than that, it appears to be you no know, somewhat brighter. Somebody there's something that we might find as brighter, but you know, brighter than in general, very bright. The same may not be the view of one who is actually residing there. Why? Because of acclimatization. So in the beginning, the female were actually allowed, the, the teams were allowed to get acclimatized with the level of illumination. But see, with regard to one group, one experimental group, the level of illumination will gradually vary. It was meant to vary. So deliberately it was meant to vary. So the, the lighting went on changing, that means uh, uh, increasing. That means their room became gradually brighter. It became more bright, more bright, even more bright, brighter, brighter, brighter. And it was observed that as the level of illumination went on increasing, the productivity went on increasing. So when the level of illumination went on increasing, the productivity went on increasing. At the same time, See, after reaching to a level of brightness, gradually the level of illumination was decreased. That means the same room started becoming dimmer. So it was gradually reduced. So dimmer, dimmer, dimmer. With the decrease of the level of illumination, it was observed that the productivity also returned increasing. <laughs> so with the increase in level of illumination, the productivity increasing. 
with a decrease of level of illumination, the productivity increasing. And see, the productivity went on increasing till the illumination was so deep that they no more can see and they stop it. And at the same time, see, if you take into account the other group, in the case of the other group, the level, level of illumination was maintained at the same level. That means it was not changed. The level of illumination was not varied. It was not changed. And amazingly, if you take into account the other room, other okay, experimental group, where the level of illumination was meant to remain constant, the productivity was increasing. What is the conclusion that you can derive? It does not depend on illumination. Huh? It does not depend on illumination. Illumination has no impact. Level of illumination increasing, productivity increasing. Level of illumination decreasing, productivity increasing. No variation in illumination, productivity is increasing. Okay, fine. At least one thing can be concluded that this physical environment was not influencing, at least at this moment, in this particular context, at this moment, the physical environment was not influencing the productivity. It is not the reason for whatever the productivity is. Then what is the reason? As, see, towards the concluding part of this experiment, enter now, join. It was initiated by who? The company itself. But towards the concluding part, when it was already initiated and uh, the findings are there, enter now, join, went through the findings and concluded the productivity is influenced by something human, non-monetary, and he used it of informal, informal. The experiment is two teams were formed, six people each, and they went to statement. Acha, here most of the people again. So, I know by going through the findings of the the experimenters, he concluded that the productivity is influenced by human human factors. non-monetary factors and informal factors. So the productivity, the, the increase in the productivity is not because of the physical conditions, mechanical conditions, technical aspects, 
rather it says why did it actually increase whatever the productivity what is influencing the human aspect is influencing non-monetary aspect is influencing or for that matter is using a term informal aspect of the organization that is what is responsible rather than what otherwise being referred as formal here let me clarify a few things see he maintained he maintained that these people are aware that they are a part of an experimental team so they have been chosen by who? The, the company so these people are aware that they are a part of the experimental team the awareness makes them feel important like in school if you have chosen that you will be able to clean if you have no punishment if you have punishment generally you can choose who you have to choose that you have to participate in traffic management you go you feel proud or not or you think no, 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 so that feeling was the, no, but the, the feeling being important. And at the same time, that is a feeling of participation. There's something going on and we are a part of it. We are contributing to that. So that is a feeling of participation. And not only this, and since it is a publicly defined or established experiment so the supervisors are treating the, the workers very nicely so the nature of supervision is relaxed friendly the supervisor doing for that care so they care so they are behaving very nicely they are not harsh they are not actually that is not domineering so the nature of supervision is relaxed friendly A type of supervision which in which that's a due importance being given to whom? The subordinates. So that means again, if your supervisor is treating you nicely, you feel good or not? There's a good feeling or not? On the other hand, if your supervisor is something that proverbial Harisado, you know Harisado? You don't know? Actually, I am referring to, I know you may not be knowing because uh, I am referring to an advertisement. So, if you, if you might be aware, uh, there was an advertisement on the TV that is an advertisement basically relating to uh, employment. There are also various uh, portals, they actually support in terms of getting employment. So this is an advertisement of that, that say don't worry, there's plenty of jobs are there, you need only to apply. So it is an advertisement in which it is showing that there's a hardworking fellow, working hard, and but he has a boss which is very arrogant. 
very harsh in his treatment. So he enters the chamber where the boss is there and by the side of the boss another colleague of that particular individual is standing and he approaches and submits his report that is last for and uh, without taking a proper note of the report he throws it away and uh, very harshly in a protrudes. In the meantime he is getting a call, a call from uh, a restaurant. The fellow on the other side is trying to confirm a book booking that has already been done. So he is asking to Mr. this, sorry, you, know, you have a booking for tonight uh, in the pool side. So he responds in a very weird way, yes. Uh, and then he says, sir, can I confirm your name? He said, Hari Saru. Then the, other, the, the man on the other side is not able to understand the name properly. So the, the another uh, employee who is standing by the uh, boss, he says, sir, man. So he takes the phone and uh, he repeats. Hari Saru. Still he is not able to understand. Then he, the many a time when we are not able to communicate, we say catch up A for Ahmedabad, B for Bombay. In this way we say Then he comes out H. With all the choices language he actually using. I'm forgetting all the names. H for this, A for Arrogant. H for Hitler. H for Hitler. H for Hitler. H for Arrogant. R for <laughs> so, if you take into account that advertisement, the Hari Sadhu basically represents which manager? The Weber's manager, the Taylor's manager, the Feol's manager. So, basically, okay, if you take into account Elton Mayo, Elton Mayo is basically saying that if you take into account this particular experiment, in this experiment, the productivity increased because the nature of supervision is responsible. The nature of the supervision is responsible. Why? Because the supervisors are actually very relaxed, very cordial, very supportive, very inclusive. As a result of which, the subordinate is feeling important. Subordinate is having a feeling of, as to say, important. And all the more, since it is an experiment, and they know it is an experiment, they have been chosen for this purpose, that is also giving them a sense of importance. So moreover, Eternal is actually saying that this human aspect, the very feeling that we have been chosen for a purpose, the very feeling of importance, the very feeling of participation is making them work more and more, let's go there, and producing more. There is nothing technical, nothing economic, nothing monetary, so they are not aiming for more salary, they are not aiming for more and more monetary incentive, it is something purely human. But before we proceed further with other experiments, let me clarify a term that he uses, that is, which aspect of the organization is responsible for higher productivity, in this case, informal aspect. Eternio says, organization has two aspects. The formal aspect and the informal aspect. So there are two aspects to the organization. The formal aspect, the second is the informal aspect. 
And here he's contradicting the classical theories. When the classical theories of organization has developed their theory based on only one dimension, only one aspect of the organization that is formal. That is why the classical theory is referred to as a one-dimensional theory. Why one-dimensional theory? We have dealt with only one dimension of the organization that is the formal. Now what is a formal? Formal aspect of the organization is that aspect of the organization that is recognized by rules and manuals of the organization. So what is the formal aspect of the organization? That aspect of the organization that is recognized by the rules and manuals of the organization. That is, that is, that is what is legally recognized or that is what is legally approved. So that aspect of the organization is formal. But when we refer to informal, informal aspect of the organization refers to that aspect of the organization that exists but not recognized by rules and manuals of the organization. So it might exist, it is, it exists, but that is not recognized by the rules and manuals of the organization. That means it's not legally recognized, but that exists. So that aspect of the organization is what is referred to as informal. For example, let me refer here to one of my experience. See, after the post-graduation, when I enrolled for my MPhil, so I got a fellowship in post-graduation. We have an exam in which you can qualify for a fellowship in which you get scholarship and also you are eligible for carrying out some research work. And for that, you have to, you know, basically in an university, you have to visit your finance section with the necessary documentation. You have to submit it and all these things. You know, formalities have to be done. So when I was enrolled for my MPhil in the Delhi University, I visited, I don't know if I remember, the, in the finance department, the finance team. At the section. So since I had a class, you know, because in MPhil, a part of the class, the methodology classes, after that we will take up your thesis. So I had my class starting from that is 1045. I remember. So uh, I just read, okay, the office opens at somewhere around 9 o'clock. And uh, I thought, okay, the necessary formalities I will fill up and I have to report to the class. So I reached almost 15 before, minutes before in advance so that I have no lesson so I am able to complete things nicely and I am able to reach. So I reached there until 9 things were actually appearing very deserted. So I asked, being confused to one fellow who appeared, uh, no, basically the sweeper, he, is it a holiday today? He looked to me, eh, you? No, why is it a holiday? I thought, yes, nothing is open. He told me, hey, sorry, no, we have to leave. Then the 9.30 things will open. I said, okay, 9.30 things will open. 
So when 9.30, okay, people started, you know, uh, coming and I went to the finance team and the desk, you know, I found nobody's there. So uh, I just waited and somewhere around, the, I still remember 10, the 7 past 10, you know, the, uh, the, in fact, see, you know, arrived on the desk. So I told the man, this is what I have uh, to submit and all this thing. And she was too reluctant to, in, in fact, uh, entertain to begin with. I found by 10, 15 or 20, things were not moving at all. So I got worried, okay, I, I might miss my class. So I just somehow, out of fear, I didn't ask her, okay, ma'am, we hope I will be I just asked her, the fellow outside, because I know I had a class from 10, 10 45, and I, I'm going to get free something, somewhere around, you know, 1 15. So I told Kiacha, what is that, you know, the lunch hour and all this thing. He, he you know, told me, the lunch hour is still 1 to, you know, 1.30 to 2 o'clock. And uh, that's the thing. I told Kiacha, okay, let me go and join the class. I go and have my lunch in the hostel. Then by 2 o'clock I'll be here. So I came back at 2 o'clock, something around 10 past 2 o'clock. I found the races. Like it, nobody's there. And not only she's not there, the star also not there. So, I just again asked, why are you here? So they started pouring in somewhere around 240, 245, something like that. And when I went and uh, told her, they told me a has to be taken because there is a long queue. So my number was something around 13. And uh, I, you know, by the time, somewhere around 4, 15, quarter past 4 and something like that, uh, the number that was going on was 9. So I just curiously asked, whether it's possible for today's or not, so that you wait, wait. And by the time it was actually mine, you know, the, the 11 token was there, uh, somebody came and told me tomorrow we have to come. Why? The man is leaving. Why? Well, before 5, the official hour. And the justification is, see, he's late because he has to travel for no, from a long distance and she have to leave early because they have to go a long distance. And see, within the organization it's quite acceptable because neither the section officer was objecting to that or overall acceptance was there. And the male folks, they reported late to the desk. Later on I got to know because when you go out of the office to the university lawn, you'll find what is the reason. They have their lunch and have nice card parties for half an hour or one hour. In the, in the winter sun, they will have cards and all these things, and they, in a very relaxed way, they come back and join. See, all these are existing within the organization or not? So, this is something that is a part of the organization that exists as a part of the organization. Do you think this is recognized as part of the organization? This is a recognizable part of the organization? No. What is the recognizable part of the organization? 9 o'clock, 1 30. 1.30 to 2 lunch break, 2 to 5 is office hour. At the same time, the recognized part is people who are there in the desk are public officials and have to be very sensitive to whom? The citizen. And in that particular context, they have to deal with this proactively. Is that the, the official part? This is the formal part. But see, not necessarily within the organization, this is what is there. Things are there beyond this, or like let's say another aspect you could take into account. Many a time in the office you will find that moment, let's say you become an officer, your friend reported, you will be showing some favor or not? 
क्या क्या करते हैं इधर बैठ के मैं क्या काम है बोल अरे करा देता हूं सो मेनी टाइम दिस हैपेंस और नॉट एंड इज एक्सेप्टेबल और नॉट विद इन द ऑर्गेनाइजेशन वेरी मच एक्सेप्टेबल सो दैट डू एग्जिस्ट द क्लासिकल थियरीज ऑफ ऑर्गेनाइजेशन दे आर सेइंग दैट दिस नीड्स टू बी एलिमिनेटेड यू कैन नॉट विद दिस ऑर्गेनाइज्ड एफिशिएंसी सो इट हैज टू बी एलिमिनेटेड एंटर मी और सेइंग यू कैन नॉट एलिमिनेट This is bound to be there. So this part of the organization that is not recognized is what is referred to as informal. And in this experiment, Etemio is saying that something is increasing productivity. And in this case, what is increasing productivity? Informal aspect of the organization is responsible for increasing productivity, not decreasing, increasing productivity. So that is what Etemio, by referring to the first experiment. says that as far as the productivity is concerned physical environment is not having any impact neither the mechanical or technical aspect are responsible or monetary aspect is responsible rather human something non monetary what is non monetary your feeling of participation your feeling of importance you are feeling i am very important i you know that being chosen and being asked and participating and contributing so this satisfaction is monetary or non monetary non monetary like let's say you are choosing civil service you want to become a civil servant and many of you those who are opting for civil service see many of them has left very lucrative options in the private sector many of them were might have got already a package or running into crores they leave that for civil service do you think for monetary satisfaction no what is the satisfaction that you are moved for Maybe the social recognition, the authority, or the very the need for achievement, the type of responsibility. So these satisfactions are which type of satisfactions? Non-monetary. So basically, the the entrepreneur is referring that if you take into account the organization, the productivity in the organization in this particular context is driven by something human, something non-monetary, something informal. Let's see. He went on to conduct more experiments. <clears throat> the next experiment is referred to as relative experiment. Relay. Relay. पता है? R E L A Y. Relay. Either it can be taken up that is broadcasting relay. Relay. Or you might be knowing relay in terms of relay race. In athletics, in relay race, at least at the Asian level, are to where our female athletes are doing really good. That relay is what, you know, making it move forward. So it was basically a telephone unit. In that, the relays are to be assembled. You don't write this aspect. So this particular experiment is referred to as relay team experiment. Since this, six female were chosen for conducting an experiment. Now see in this experiment, <clears throat> number of uh, initiatives were taken gradually, like work hours were reduced. Coffee breaks introduced, bonus introduced. These have been introduced 
there are two and me. Not adequate. One by one, being introduced. And when all these have been introduced, the productivity was increasing. <clears throat> and gradually, they were also withdrawn. Coffee period, chintilated. So, coffee drinks were discontinued. Or uh, the incentives were discontinued. The relaxed work hours were discontinued. But still, the productivity went on increasing. Increasing. So again, if you take into account these findings, do you, do you think these findings are corroborative, corroborative of the, the initial finding? Yes. So, while looking into these developments, Elder may have similarly concluded. Because these six people, they are also aware, they have been chosen for this. And similarly, the supervisor is also aware, so they, the nature of supervision was relaxed, friendly. So nature of supervision was good, it was relaxed, it was friendly supervision. And similarly, the, 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 the girls were also aware that they are a part of the experimental team, they have been chosen for this. So the, 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 the conclusions that they have derived in the first experiment, the, the same conclusion got corroborated, that means they supported. And this led to another experiment. The third experiment is referred to as the interview experiment. Interview experiment. See, under this, uh, a large number of interviewers were recruited. And the interviewers were expected to go into the industry and interview the workers, interview as many workers as they can. See, this was a very big organization. Organization at that point of time employing almost like uh, uh, 40,000 employees. So, a huge organization with a large number of employees. So, the, the interviewers were actually required to go every morning, something like a workout. They have to go into the, like, uh, the industry and they have to interview. Interview as many workers as they can. And again, see, they were actually asked to follow certain things. That means, they were asked to simply put questions and very patiently listen to their answer and record those answers. And not to intervene. That means they should not repeatedly intervene with this or that. Simply allow them to actually speak their mind. And they should not intervene unless their response was completely away from 
the context. So what was the overall approach? The interviewers are simply expected to ask questions, presently listen, not to intervene, not to intervene unless and until the answers are completely away from the context, it's something like contrary to the context. And at the same time, they have to come back and submit this to the researchers. So whatever they find, findings from the interview, whatever, simply they have to record. They don't have to come out with any finding. They have to record the statements they, of the workers through the interview and they have to come back and submit it to the researchers. And see, the researchers, that is Eltermeo and its uh, associates, they were not sharing the information that is actually accessed through the workers with the management. So they were not sharing with the management, they were not submitting to the management. So they were strictly what? Going, interviewing, collecting their ideas, and simply that they are with them going through those ideas. Now see, why the interview was being conducted, the productivity was going up, higher productivity, and nothing is being done. Nothing, simply only interview is being conducted. No feedback, no suggestion to the management, nothing is being done, but the productivity was going on increasing. It is amazing. See, Elkenio, while going through this particular uh, findings, going through the findings of this particular study, he concluded that the interview has resulted into Our interview has acted like a ventilation therapy. It has acted like a ventilation therapy for the workers. Not only it has acted like a ventilation therapy, it has also infused into the worker a sense of we feeling. A sense of we feeling. So the ventilation therapy and the feeling of we, not I, we, Pablo. W E V feeling. So the ventilation therapy and the V feeling is responsible for increasing productivity. Now let me explain this aspect. Do you understand ventilation? When vent is what? Opening. Ventilation. That's what opens up. That's what you know, acts in that way. Something like let's say. If you are very depressed, very sad, very depressed, what is general suggestions for you? You should keep to yourself. You should keep to yourself. You should be very isolated. Do not speak to anyone and uh, stay indoors. Eh? Is it so? Or generally, the suggestion is you should go and speak to people. Go and speak to people. So something like let's say, if you are very depressed, you will be advised. 
Go to a friend, who is basically a patient one, who is a nice fellow to you, and go and speak to that fellow. Take out all your those uh, negative feelings, sad feelings, stressful feelings, and what is the effect? The effect will be your friend will become very heavy, and you become very light. <laughs> and that that whether your friend will become heavy or not, that's a separate thing. But you will feel lighter or not? Because what is the case? Ventilation, you are able to pour it out. But let's say it is inside. If it is inside, what is the, what is the impact? The impact is, you will not be able to concentrate. It will go on increasing. And the negative emotions will compile and multiply. So basically, as Elkato is saying, that these workers in the industry, by going through their statements, he found that in their statements, they are frequently complaining against the supervisors, their style of working, and also their problems back at home. So they are actually sharing what? Their, their anger, their unhappiness, their state of affairs, their conditions. So they are not happy with their condition and their problems back at home. So what Elkemer is saying that these workers were actually suffering from a problem of pessimistic reveries. So the workers are the subject of pessimistic reveries. You know what is reverie? Yes, reverie is daydreaming. You do that or not? Statements, 
it's simply it's amply uh, accurate that the workers in this organization they were suffering from pessimistic reveries that means negative thoughts they were suffering from number of negative thoughts repressed emotions and these negative thoughts and repressed emotions were making them lose concentration and reduce motivation so they were working with what lack of concentration with reduced motivation and what the role this uh, interview did acted like a vent so they are able to pour it out so with the they they interview they are able to pour it out and it acted like a therapy so since it actually was released those negative emotions were released so they are able to concentrate so the interview acted as a ventilation therapy that helped them to relieve of no relieve of or no relieve of get relieved of the pessimistic reveries as a result of which they were able to concentrate not only this see the workers were having a false sense of understanding that their opinion is being considered seriously by the researchers for the purpose of management so what is the opinion the workers were having the workers were having this very opinion okay these people are the researchers they are coming to us taking our interview we are sharing our ideas one why they are taking this uh, interview because this needs to be studied considered and the management is going to take note of it and change its strategy of management so they are having a false understanding of the reality because none of these things are being done is not shared with the management but the workers are having a false sense of understanding that their view is being considered for the purpose of management and this very false sense of understanding is being reinforced by a very cordial and friendly behavior of the supervisor so previously supervisor used to be what as i referred something like a hisado but now that supervisor learned as people are coming and interviewing and through interview now my style of supervision can be accessible so supervisor is also acting what very nice is very attentive you want some help how do you do it don't worry i am there you just if you need my help just let me know and you are also working well and uh, you know moment you share your ideas okay something nice work well, well done so the 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 the, the, the very friendly uh, the attitude of the supervisor relaxed approach by the supervisor because the supervisor was also under the false impression that his supervision is accessed by the researcher and is being informed to the management so the supervisor were also under the a false sense now they were under a, a false impression that through interview their supervision also being accessed just and the and that is informed to be informed to the the management
So here we are referring that, uh, you know, we are going to say that the, the supervisors were also very cordial, very relaxed, also based on the false sense of understanding of the nature of the interview and the overall approach of the interview. So this is leading towards what? The workers believing that they are, their views are being considered and being shared with the management as a result of which, because of their feedback, there is a change in supervision. This is giving the, 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 the workers a feeling of participation, a feeling of importance. So they feel we are also participating in the overall, the, the overall project of uh, and the management of the administration. So their views are important. They are also contributing in terms of deciding. So as Eltenio says, that very sense of participation, that very feeling of participation among the worker is leading towards we feeling. Let me clarify this aspect. Like let's say, if you are working in an area, in any organization, you are working in an organization. Say in that organization, one, condition one, where superior is very strict, directive, process type. That means in decision making, you have no role to play, you are simply things are taken, decisions are taken in your directive. And the very approach is you are here paid to follow, you are not paid to take decisions. That's what is right. I take decision, you follow. The second case is in the decision making process, you participate. Do you think in the first case you will develop a feeling that as far as this organization is concerned, I work here and my relation with this organization is I work here in order to earn my living. So, thereby, I am a no, I am a worker in this organization and I have to in this organization for me is an instrument for my living. So there is no sense of attachment. That is a clear-cut detachment. I and organization, two entity, organization is only an institution to that is important to me to the extent it is helping me to earn my living. The second part is you take part in the process of decision making. So, moment you are a party to the decision making, do you think you develop a feeling that this organization is not separate from me? I am a part of this organization. Because you are taking decisions. So, what this organization is doing, what this organization is deciding in whatever way, at a lower level or at a higher level, I am also a part. So, I am there. So, in this particular context, I feel a part of the organization. So, in the first case, there is a feeling of what? I. I feeling. A feeling of detachment. Detachment brings about I feeling. And moment that the sense of participation, sense of participation results into attachment. Now, it becomes psychologically attached with the organization and that psychological association brings about what feeling? 
we feel it. And in which of the condition my contribution will be more, my motivation will be more. I feel it or we feel it? We feel it. So the interview is saying that if you take into account the interview in this particular experiment or, or, or what to say, in, in this particular situation, interview. <coughs> That is a you know, ventilation therapy and wheel feeling, and this is the reason, or this is the factor that is increasing productivity. Whether the wheel feeling makes individuals get psychologically associated with the organization and the job, and that will for higher motivation, higher commitment. So, basically, if you take into account this particular experiment and the interviewer's idea, interviewer says, that within the organization where there is more of participation, there is more of productivity. Why? What is the idea of uh, internet? That participation gives rise to we feeling. We feeling makes people psychologically get associated with the organization and the job. That is an emotional attachment. So in case of emotional attachment of the individual with the job, individual are driven towards the job from within. So that is much more than that that very drive, that very motivation is much higher as compared to a drive that is not from within but from without. What is a drive from without? A drive from without is a drive which is based on I feeling. In fact, on this account, we will study more with the subsequent years. So, this aspect is understandable to all of you. Now, see, we also undertook a fourth experiment under the Hawthorne studies. That experiment is bad wiring experiment. In all these experiments, the people who are subject of the experiment, they were aware about the experiment or not? They were very much aware. So do you think the experiments have been conducted in a natural condition of the world? No. It's an artificial condition. So Ethermeo tried to carry out an experiment that in fact would be based on the natural conditions. So this was basically, no, this was finally taken up under this fourth experiment under the author studies, that the bank experiment.
See, this experiment was carried out based on participant observation method while others were based on non-participant observation method So if you take into account the other experiment, those are based on non-participant observation method. And if you take into account this particular experiment, this experiment was based on participation experiment, participant experiment, observation method. Now let me explain you what is this participant observation method or non-participant observation method. in order to make you understand what are these terms. See, if you take into account many of these social anthropologists, in order to study, for example, uh, some aspect of the tribal communities, like let's say if you want to study uh, the, uh, the uh, some of the triplexes are centuries. So that never take over. If you want to study that, see this is a very isolated tribal uh, community. We can have two approach. One, you can go there somehow. You can convince them that I am not actually harmful to you. Get an acceptance and say, I'm here for study, if you're able to do that. And you keep observing them. And in this particular context, you are, the, you are an outsider, everybody knows you. You're an outsider for a special purpose. You might ask them. You can develop ways to uh, actually uh, ask them and learn their statements. Uh, statements. And you record things and you carry out your studies. Now in this, there are certain limitations. Under this, what are the limitations? See, when people know you are an outsider, that's an element of artificiality. So that might be exaggeration or understatements. So accuracy might be. On the other hand, see, there have been many social anthropologists, even in India. So they go to the tribal community and they stay there without informing the researchers, stay there for years together and even there have been a number of famous social anthropologists <coughs> who in fact finally died. They became a part of that, lived for there for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years and finally they died there itself. Now see, they kept observing and developing their ideas, studies and all this. So here, nobody knew that he's a researcher, became a part of that community and is able to understand what? Certain practices and why these practices. Certain activities and why these activities. So the first style, first method of let's say the study is basically referred to as a non-participant observation 
method. And the second is participation observation method. And if you take into account, let's say the back wearing experiment, in this determinant scheme took which type of method? Participation observation method. That means in this, there were workers, those were studied, but not all the workers were actually workers. Few of them were researchers. Without the workers being aware that few among us are researchers. Now in this study it was learned that in actual work people had two targets. Now there were two targets. One, the official target, another unofficial target or the group target. So there were two targets for the workers. The manager's target, the official target, and the other is the group target or the unofficial target. And it was found out the workers, instead of complying to the official target, were complying to the group target or unofficial target. So instead of adhering to, instead of actually achieving the target that has been fixed by the manager or the target that is official, the workers in fact were actually working under the influence of which target? Group target or unofficial target. And the unofficial target was somewhat low. It was lower than the official target. If the official target is 10, the official target is 57. And workers were actually achieving what? Not 10, they were achieving 7. And each worker were was performing approximately the same. So each and every one was somewhere around 7. Not very much, let's say, 10 or not very much, 5 or something like that. They were actually having, they were, they, they were producing what is the target of the group. A study found out that uh, the group not only fixed the target, but also used certain strategies to enforce the target. So group was not only fixing the target, so not only creating a target, okay, our target is 7, but it is also using certain strategies in order to enforce, ensure that the members of the group are complying to the target and attaining that target. They are not beyond it or not below it. But the moment someone, a few of them are beyond, so manager will have an opportunity to say, yes, this is, this you can do, why, why others are not doing it? Or somebody is unnecessarily very low, so that will also create problem. So all of them are found to be actually producing almost the same and basically producing how much? The target that has been fixed by the group. And group is also using certain strategies to enforce the target, that the group target, and these strategies were social psychological. So social psychological strategies were being used. 
Moreover, social strategies were used. So these strategies are more social, though had some psychological dimension, but essentially social strategies were used, like name calling, name calling, ridiculing. Ostracization. Ostracization. What is ostracization? Boycott. Social boycott. Before I explain these things, let me refer to something. Like let's say all of you say all of us conduct ourselves in a particular way. Though in somewhat different way from each other. But that is a common minimum, or what we say, that is a normalization. What is this normalization? See, we actually conduct ourselves as per others. Something that others believe is normal, and we generally do not conduct ourselves in a way that others con consider as a not a normal. It is not we consider something normal or not normal. We conduct ourselves in a manner that others consider as normal and we resist or prohibit or no, desist from conducting ourselves in a manner that others consider as not normal. Why? Because see, we experience something called pressure. Like let's say you thought, let's say someday you might find okay, dhoti, kurta, and poverty looks very fabulous, and I, you know, I feel like wearing it today. Are you going to wear it and go around with, uh, everywhere wearing that? With due exception, most of us would not. Why? Moment you no wearing it, your roommate will say, okay, it's good. <laughs> Moment you are outside, others are also staring. You might hear also. People say, <laughs> If you repeat this type of behavior, so people will say, Ye dusra Towns will be coined. Please. You coined or not? So basically, your behavior, the way we actually behave, that's also we behave as for what? Others. And if you take it account, society controlling us by using what? A social strategy. It takes names. It not create names. I refer peace, jantu, father. So they create names and refer. So name calling is a strategy of what? Control. Enforcing. Enforcing the social way. Something the society has created as normal or ridiculing, or at the same time, something extreme like this ostracization. It's a bad thing, right? If the government, this is So, this is actually ostracization. Coming back, here is referring that this was found out within the group. The group is having a target, and the group is using a technique, social technique. Having psychological dimension in order to enforce this statement, or what we say, target. In fact, as you have learned, 
the group has created certain names right those will be producing more than that the group has fixed the rate more than what the group has fixed will be will be named as the rate buster you call them rate buster and those will be actually producing less than the target will be called as chiseler chiseler c h i s e double l e r chiseler jala rate buster rate rate buster target bust rate buster or less chiseler c h i s e double l e r but at the same time not only people can actually produce more or produce less but like let's say if you take into account the 70s and 80s in this cinema you'll find like say there is a rich industrialist who is a villain exploiting the workers among the workers there is a leader who is played by the hero and hero devises strategies kaam aise karna aise nahi karna but within those workers there will be a petty villain the petty villain in the evening will go to the the manager's chamber or the owner's chamber and will disclose this sir ye sab cheeze chal raha that means nobody is also expected to actually inform the manager about the group and group activities and one who does that will be referred to as a squealer squealer so names were there squealer and at the same time in order to maintain the unity it is also maintained it is also arranged within the group that once somebody is made a supervisor would not act officious act officious means jaise ki maan lo kisi din 6 mein se kisi ko bana diya aaj ke liye tum supervisor ho if for this month you are the supervisor so after that you start behaving what very officious tumse main alag hu my status status has increased so that is what you within that group it is also an understanding if somebody's male supervisor could not act officious so all these are all these arrangements all these arrangements are which type of arrangements social these are social techniques though it has psychological dimension why psychological dimension the moment i am given a name rate buster i might experience emotion there might be negative emotions So it was found that these informal strategies, <coughs> social strategies, were used to enforce good group target. Now, see if you take into account this particular experiment, Intermio's finding is reinforced or not, or it is something different? Because it was found out people are producing more, or people are producing actually less. People are producing less. With the target is ten, and they are producing. Seven. So there are two targets: official target and unofficial target. And people are adhering to the unofficial target, a reduced target, a reduced productivity. And what is responsible for it? Human factor, non-monetary factor, informal factor. But Elton is making a clear statement here. You see, the productivity is critically influenced by non-monetary factors. 
but it is influenced by human or social psychological factors. So the productivity is critically influenced by human factors. Non-monetary factors are what he refers to as informal factors. And let me try to elaborate this aspect further. Mention now while referring to the organization, he has maintained how many dimensions are there? Two. Two. Formal and informal. informal. He maintains there are two dimensions to the organization. That is formal and informal. That means informal aspect of the organization cannot be eliminated. Bound to be there. You cannot separate it. So here it is a contradiction to the classical theory who say that informal is can be segregated and so should be segregated. Because if you do not segregate it and informal is there, informal being irrational, it will reduce productivity. It will bring about inefficiency. But what I am saying that this cannot be separated. You cannot separate it. The informal aspect is a part of the organization. And as the formal, so the informal. So both are actually important. Both are actually part of the organization. But further, he says if the informal aspect of the organization is not appropriately addressed then it will reduce productivity it will undermine productivity that means what is it trying to say informal is bound to be there and since it is bound to be there it is important that that aspect needs to be handled and handled properly and if you handle it properly it will improve productivity it will increase productivity and there lies the significance of what Elton says as leadership and participation he said there lies the significance of leadership and participation what is that? that managers should act like leaders. What is that? Maybe in subsequent topic we will study much more. He's simply saying the managers are to be leaders. That means managers should take note of the human aspect of a subordinate. should work on which aspect of the subordinate? Not only you consider the human aspect of the subordinate, you also work on that. So leaders should take note of the human aspect of the subordinate and they should work on that. Work on the human aspect of the subordinate. He 
it is the responsibility of the managers or it is the responsibility of the leaders to put in place such arrangements that ultimately gives rise to we feeling. <clears throat> or group feeling. And attaches the human being with the organizational goal. So what is that he's saying? What is the job of the managers? How they can actually help the organization to actually succeed, produce more, become more productive, become more efficient? That the managers should? They should consider the human aspect. That means they should not ignore. They simply should not, like let's say in classical theory, for a manager, the subordinate is nothing but a position. So thereby, the subordinate is a human being with human emotions. It is not being taken care of. So human being might be sad on that day, might be jealous on that day, or very unhealthily competitive, might be angry, might be uncomfortable, might be sick, might be as a subordinate, might be having religious feelings, or something like these are the human aspects. Classical theory says these human aspects not to be considered. Subordinate is nothing but a mere position. Eternia says, don't treat subordinates as mere positions. Subordinates are nothing but human beings with human emotions. So that is why treat subordinate as a human being and consider the human aspect of the subordinate. And arrange. The arrange the managerial strategies in a manner that develop what feeling in the subordinate? We feel. The group feeling. Because only when you are able to generate that UV feeling whereby the individual feels as associated with the organizational goal. The individual is motivated and thereby more productive. And if you do not consider the human aspect, you ignore human aspect, human aspect will be there and that human aspect is going to be destructive. Right? They will form group, they will create a group target and they will use social strategies to reduce productivity. But the moment you realize these are human beings, and you become friendly with them, continuously concerned with them, remain open with them, they will share their views, they will share their opinion, they will treat you as one of them, or at least a part of them. So combinedly, you can develop a target, and that target they are also going to follow. So that's what the elder will say, that productivity is a function of leadership. A leader who is not only equipped with hard skill, but is also equipped with soft skill. An individual who has the ability to understand and engage successfully others in a group enterprise or group activity, that is what is an individual having soft skill, higher soft skill. So individual who has the capability to successfully engage with others, Enabling others in group target or enabling others in attaining the group target that is what is referred to. What skill? The soft skill. That's what Telemir says. 
that they, 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 it is required that the managers should not only be equipped with the hard skill, they need to be equipped with soft skills. They, they need to know how to engage with others, what engages others, what motivates others towards the job. So it basically, it is an art. It is a type of skill. A skill of management is not only hard, it is also soft. The soft skill is basically the social skill. That is why Eltermeo says, organization is not merely coming together of individuals with isolated interest. Organization is not really an assembly of individuals or coming together of individuals with isolated interest. What we have referred to as hedonistic interest. Rather, it is a social group with emotions. <clears throat> it is a social group with emotions Moreover, with interlocking, interacting and interlocking emotions. So, what is an organization for interview? It's not merely people come together uh, with their own interest at work. Rather, it is something like a social group. So, it is a human organization with human emotion. So, thereby, it simply says that these human emotions are interlocking. My emotions are linked with you, your emotions are linked with me. My activities raise some emotion. Your activities also raise some emotion in me. And these emotions are going to determine my action. Those emotions are also going to determine your action. And that is why Eltermeo says, organizations are nothing but human emotional networks. You know, organizations are nothing but human emotional networks. So individual, in order to successfully act as a manager and drive the organization towards success, needs to focus on which aspect? Human emotions, because we are the right product of our emotion. So I work more based on what? My emotion, my emotions drive me. That's why emotion, various feelings that produce a certain emotion, not only you know, what to say, at an emotional level, but also at a physical level. So if you take into account a human being, the human being is a bundle of emotions. So human beings' physical activities are also driven through emotions. Negative emotion reduces this productivity, positive emotion increases the productivity. So if you take into account organization, organization goal is achieved by human being, and human being, their activities determined by their emotions. So in that particular context, organization is nothing but a group of humans with emotions and since these emotions are interlocked, so ultimately what is the organization? Organization is nothing but a network of human emotions. Are you going to understand all these things? So alternative theory, basically in contradiction with the classical theory, and it is actually an initiation of an alternative theory. That is why it is said, 
while rejecting classical theory that was based on organizations without people introduced a theory that was based on people without organization write down the question you know, write down this other question you know, wherever you are writing the questions right there Elton Meow's theory or Elton Meow's view on management Professors People without organization While on the other hand Classical theories of organization emphasized on organization without people. Explain. Another question you write. Elton now. While rejecting rabble hypothesis, while rejecting rabble hypothesis, R A B L E, rabble, rabble hypothesis, introduces a herd hypothesis. <coughs> introduces a herd hypothesis. The second statement, the second question. Are you able to connect to it? What is rabble? Rabble, you know? Uh, you might have heard about this uh, word uh, while uh, some article, while reading some article that was dealing with uh, our parliamentary and parliamentary proceedings and all this. You might have gone through this word rabble rousers. Archal other legislature proceedings So there is a devoted body of legislators are there in every party whose primary engagement is moment the session opens and it is actually proceedings are there, they have to either run to the well. They have to go for shouting and all this thing, run to the well, and if required, also engage in some physically you know, violent activities, or they have to rush away. And those are being referred to as rabble rousers. Why? Because their behavior is something like a crowd. So, rabble is a crowd. 
So he rejected rabble hypothesis. Rabble hypothesis means which hypothesis? Crowd hypothesis. So crowd hypothesis basically attached to which type of theory? Classical. Instead, he introduced which hypothesis? Hard. What is hard? Hard means basically it is a type of behavior, hard mentality. Hard mentality, like let's say, if there is a 500 cows are there and you are given the responsibility of helping them to graze in a large grazing ground, how many people are going to engage? Either one or maximum two. One has to be in the front, one has to be in the back. Why? Find a house, it's a huge bulk. But still, only one enough. Or two, that's enough. You may not have five, ten, or something like that. Why? Because wherever the bunch will go, each and every cow will move along. So, that is actually a philosophy that says the group influences the individual. So, wherever the group, whatever the views of the group, every individual is actually according to the group. So if you take it account until now, in his theory, he emphasizes on the importance of the social, social aspect. What is the social aspect? The group. Others impact on individuals. So he referred, within the organization, individual does not act in isolation. Individual's behavior within the organization is very much influenced by others, especially the group, the collectivity. So that is why it's referred, his theory is referred to as based on hard hypothesis. Okay, later on also we'll study that Elton Mayo has been referred to as a cow sociologist. Do you know why he has been referred to as a cow sociologist? Symbolically referring to this herd. Many times people also write because he cared for the human being on the cow's You see, at times you will find in the answer number of innovative answers. In fact, yesterday the question we asked something similar to that. I've already, you know, we asked in one of the tests. That question has already been asked in the UPSC. And uh, a similar type of question I asked and I also happened to come through one answer relating to that particular question and very innovative answers. And the answers have been written as if it is a fear who has told. It is as if it is a purely statement and purely view itself. Without having any awareness, that is a critique to fear. It is a Marxist critique, critique to fear. So uh, that's why you should also read answers because while reading answers you will also find that each one of us are also great philosophers with a lot, with lot of creative knowledge. Then we, we can also write a lot of things on the behalf of the theorist on which the theorists themselves will also feel very surprised actually. Maybe we <laughs> Okay, so all of you understood what, whatever we discussed today? Eh? Any question? No question? Sure,